Hi, it's Pete Price with the fabulous Les Dennis. Les and I have been friends for many years and I've been excited as his career and the way it's developed. Now he's going back to London to do Hairspray and then his first ever operatic part because he's going into Gilbert and Sullivan. Listen to Les Dennis on my podcast. First of all, how have you coped? I know you've done bits and pieces and you did something rather amazing with the Royal Court. Tell us about that first. And is it still online? Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, well, I, the, the last year for everybody has been, you know, really difficult, I think. And, you know, you know how much I love working in Liverpool, how much I love the Royal Court Theatre. And um, when they had to, like every other theatre, close, um, I just uh, got in touch with Kevin and said, what about if we do a, a live version of Jigsy, the play that I'd done at the Royal Court a few years before, uh, which is kind of uh, loosely based on Jackie Hamilton's life. And it's a, it's a comic sitting in a dressing room kind of talking about the career that he nearly had. Um, you know, he's a very kind of local comic, a, a very funny local man, but he didn't have the big career that he would have liked. So we went into the theatre. It must be about this time last year that we went in and um, filmed it. Um, and it's a 70-minute piece, and I think it is still up there because I know Kevin's idea was that they would keep it up until they reopened, and they will be reopening soon, um, I'm pleased to hear. It's a great theatre to work at, and I loved... Um, revisiting Jigsy. We did it, you know, in the theatre with no audience and um, and that was kind of odd because it's a very much an audience piece but uh, it seemed to work and people seemed to have liked it. Well, I loved it. Um, of course, we both loved Jackie Hamilton and he was a great yeah. comic and yeah. uh, quite unique so that is out yeah. there and if you've yeah. not watched it, watch it. Now, I saw you in Hairspray with Mickey Stark at the Empire. I yeah. will never forget that ovation that you two <laughs> got when you did that duet and it was, and I've seen Hairspray many times with different people because I love yeah. it, it's great, but to come to your own hometown with Mickey, who's a mate of yours yeah. as well, and do that. That must have been something else. He was my third Edna. I'd already, eight times a week, been snogging Michael Ball, <laughs> then Brian Connolly, and then Mickey Stark. So I, I played Wilbur to three Ednas, um, and they were all great. Um, and, um, you know, it's a great show. It's a real feel-good show. And I think it's more important now because... You know, it's very much about kind of, it, it kind of mirrors Black Lives Matter, I think, very, very well. Um, um, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a great show, and I'm looking forward to, to getting back and working with Michael again, with Michael Ball. We're going to the Coliseum um, in London. We open in a month's time, so we start rehearsals in a week's time. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait for it. I mean, like you say, that, that duet where Wilbur and Edna sing You're Timeless to Me, it's proper yeah. old-fashioned vaudeville with a lovely kind of um, crooner feel to it. So I'm looking forward to that. I think after this dreadful time we've had with the pandemic, I think something like Hairspray has got to... I know it's doing ridiculous business already, but it's got to sell yeah. us, hasn't it? Because people just want to go. I went to the Royal Court just before Christmas when we had that little yeah. bit of a lull, yeah. and I yeah. didn't actually watch the show. I just cried. I was sitting oh. in a theatre and yeah. laughing and crying, and I yeah. know Hairspray is going to do the same. I've already got my ticket, so we're going oh. down to London. <laughs> 
Well, and it's exciting. It's exciting, well, isn't it? Um, I, I did um, Panto uh, this Christmas just gone, and we were very lucky. We were the only Panto of the ten that Kudos put on across the country, including the Palladium, um, that managed to last. Because we were in Plymouth, we were in Tier 2, and we managed to last. We did a socially distanced Panto. We were all socially distanced on stage. It was one hour, 15 minutes without an interval, no costume changes. Um, the audience was socially distanced and wearing masks and were told, please don't shout out, don't go behind <laughs> you. Know, so all those elements of Panto were kind of not quite there, but it was the reaction was amazing to see an audience that trusted and wanted to be yeah. back in a theatre. And uh, you know, even though they have wearing masks, the laughter and the, and the ovation was fantastic. So I am so excited that Hairspray will be the first musical to um, new new music well uh, new production to reopen in the West End um, on the 21st of June so we're very excited now every time we speak you floor yeah. me with some of the things you've done when you did Shakespeare <laughs> you floor me you've now floored me again <laughs> opera opera I know well I've floored myself um, <laughs> yeah I went I went for this um, Cal McChrystal, who's a director, um, who you may know, Cal has done some stuff at the Royal Court. He did um, uh, the wonderful, um, the play about the hospital, the Royal. Yes. Um, very funny. And um, Cal McChrystal um, called me and said, look, I'd like you to come and um, audition for uh, HMS Pinafort to play the, um, the ruler of the Queen's Navy, the uh, uh, Sir Joseph Porter. So I went, okay, so I went along and auditioned and met um, the casting director, Mich Michelle Williams, and also um, the conductor, um, Chris Hopkins, and I couldn't believe it that I sang for them, and in the room, this never, you know what it's like with us, it never happened, that in the room they say, you've got the job, and I got the job. Um, last February it was, just before we went into that first lockdown, so I've known about this for a long time because opera books quite well in advance, very well in advance. Yeah. So, you know, we don't open until October this year. But I'm so thrilled. It's my first um, opera. It's operetta. It's Gilbert and Sullivan. And it's a patter song. So it's not, it's not as if I have to have this massive operatic singing range. But it's, um, it's a great part in, a, in a, what will be a beautifully staged um very funny cause, because because is the master of physical comedy uh, so it'll be very funny and um probably quite irreverent but also again gilbert and sullivan is as timely as ever because you know i am the ruler of the queen's navy i you know one of the lines in the song was um i clean the uh, i i well, God, what was it i <laughs> i polished up the handle of the I polished up the handle. I can't remember the lights. Excuse of my me, own you've, it's all right. It's in October. You've got plenty of time. You've got <laughs> hairspray before then. I cleaned <laughs> the windows and I swept the floor and I polished up the handle of the big front door. <laughs> he polished up the handle of the big front door. I polished up the handle so carefully that now I am the ruler of the Queen's Navy. So basically, it's this guy who's never been to sea, is absolutely <laughs> inept and totally has no. Um, qualifications to do this job but has become the ruler of the Queen's Navy and you know we're living in a world that's like that now it's you know, amazing with, with Trump and, and, and the things that are going on in our world
It is amazing because I was involved um, in light opera, which had never happened, but I was I was there for rehearsals uh, in uh, Pirates of Penzance. I am a oh, merry wow. model of a very much yeah, general. Yeah, that's a fantastic. Yeah, that was a sort of it, it, it's interesting, and it's it's once again very light hearted. It's fabulous, but the yeah. good thing for yeah. you is you're going to be at the same theatre, aren't you? I can't believe it. I I um I got the the opera job, like I say, last year, and then. Um, only two or three weeks ago, I got asked if I would be interested in doing Hairspray. Um, Paul Merton was scheduled to play Wilbur, um, but because of conflicting um, things that he's already booked to do and because they've had to delay, it should have happened last June, um, he's pulled out. So I was asked to rejoin Michael again. So, yeah, I'm going to be in the same theatre all the way through till the 10th of December. I may as well put my bed in the dressing room. They weren't allowed you to do that these days. It's the modern time when they would have done, but no, no more. Interesting, Les. You've always put uh, stuff back into the business. You've always helped other people. You've always been there. You've never forgotten your roots, and you've always given something back. What do you think is going to happen? Because we've had a, an awful long time where there's an awful lot of talent out there that have done nothing at all, and the new talent have I got know. nowhere to go. What's going to happen to I, the industry? I really, I really feel for the for the for the young ones who are just starting out in this business. They came in with hope and such excitement and then they've had to wait and maybe you know like well look at you know all, all the students at Lippa who will be waiting to to get out there into the world and to get on stage all I can say is that I think it will take a bit of time but I think it will get stronger than ever you know I, I think that um, now we do have a need and I think people you know, from for, your mental health is affected by going to see a show, by by going to be uplifted by seeing theatre on, or, or music, or, or dance, or you know, or going to an art gallery. So I think that people will want it, and I think that um, if they can just have the courage to believe and ignore the rubbish about you know retraining and going and doing something else, if it's what you want to do. Stick with it, and you'll you'll get there. You know, it's, it, ours is a business where it's feast or famine, and we've had famine for a while, but we'll all be back. I was in Blackpool yesterday. I'd been out doing something on business and came through Blackpool, which is, looked incredibly sad, incredibly sad. Oh. But my word, you've had some phenomenal times there, haven't you? And I've been with you at some of them. Mm. We did that lovely season, the end of the season um, at the Central Pier, didn't yeah, we? we did indeed. Dusted, we dusted which was a great time. That was 1984, I think. And Bella and Enberg. Bella Enberg. Yeah. And then the next year, Dustin and I topped the bill at the North Pier, mm -hmm. um, which was, you know, a dream come true for, for both of us, I think, because, you know, all the people that have done that over the years, you know, Morecambe and Wise and Freddie Starr and, you know, gosh, you know, the people that have, have done that massive summer season... So, you know, when we did that, that was just great. And, and Blackpool, you know, is there's something exciting about it. You know, you, you look at the people who do Strictly and they want to go to Blackpool to visit the Tower Ballroom and be there. It is steeped in showbiz variety history. And, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm sorry that, it, it, you know, last time I was there, it seemed a little sad as well. But, but you know, but I think that... Um, I think it'll come back, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see fresh green roots shoot soon.
Les, I always ask comics this question because I, I find it a fascinating question and nobody can seem to answer it. But it is it is an interesting question. Right. You've been in the industry a long time. You've watched yeah. people come and go. All of a sudden, comics who always work because they're really, you know, they, 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 they get the best of the work. But yeah. then all of a sudden, something happened and comics became superstars in stadiums. Yeah. But nobody knows... Why or how it happened? I, 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 I'm with you on that. I kind of like... Um, I was listening to a, a podcast the other day. Um, there's a great podcast that Mike Fenton Stevens does. Um, and he was talking about that. He was talking to Ed Byrne. And that, you know, that time when suddenly comics were going from small comedy clubs to working these massive arenas. I suppose it, it started in America with the, with the likes of... Um, Steve Martin, you know, who was doing massive arenas um, in, in the 70s. Um, but, yeah, comedy became the new rock and roll here in the 80s. Um, I, I, I don't know what the, what the reason was. I think maybe that, you know, things, things like um, the Fast Show um, and Shooting Stars... Um, they could go and fill um, a, a massive theatre, and then they realised they could fill arenas. So um, audiences wanted to see them and would go out to to watch them in the same way that, as they would go and watch, you know, Genesis yeah. or, or or Elton John. Um, why I don't quite know. I think I think you're right. It's a it's a difficult difficult question to answer, but um, I, I think. All of those comics as well eventually like to come back to their roots and work the smaller clubs and get that connection with an audience. I think to do the, the tryout shows, they very often go and, and work it in a small audience. Yeah, I, I don't see it, you see, because I, I couldn't think of anything worse than going to an arena sitting with 10,000 people watching a comic on a screen because you're not watching him because you only see no, the you're screen. Not, you're, you may as well wait for the DVD, mm -hmm. but people don't. They, they want to go and see um, you know, Mickey Flanagan is massive. You know, he will he will um, do those massive arena tours. Um, I was I, I was going to do a show this year um, that was uh, called um, 50 Years of Being Les Dennis because it's 50 years since I did Opportunity Knock. So I kind of count uh, it being 50 years. I think it's I think it was 1974 that you and I met when when I came to the Shakespeare. But I you know I was doing the clubs from 71. Um, um, so I was going to do 50 years of being less Dennis, but I certainly wasn't going to do arenas. I was just going to play nice little yeah. theatres. I've got to say before you go, uh, our lovely friend Colin McEwen is up for yet another handful of BAFTA awards. Yeah. And you were in Moving On and Moving On's up for a, a BAFTA. Yes, it's, it's not the series that I did. It's the series before. Um, the, so, so I think it's series 12. We, I think ours was series 13 and yeah so i mean amazing colin um la productions their output and the standard of work that they do is incredible and i was thrilled to do um the you know jimmy mcgovern's moving on and what happens with moving on is that jimmy finds new writers and he kind of mentors yeah. them um and we had i had a great writer um adriel left who wrote a, a great um uh, episode in which i got to play with mates <laughs> there was uh, 
I'm surprised you weren't in it. There was, there was, um, Lots of mates. Talk. Everybody was in it. Nicky Stark, Lewis Emmerich, um, uh, Ted Robbins, and um, uh, lovely Liz McClarnon played Jake Abrahams as well. A lovely, lovely Liz McClarnon played my daughter and proved what a good actress yep. she's turning out to be. She is indeed, yeah. No, I was in Series 8, and Colin rang me up and he said, I've got a great part for you. It's, it's a powerful man that knows exactly what he wants out of life. And oh, wow. I, I looked at the, um, the the credits in the TV Times, and it said, P. Price, man in tip. <laughs> <laughs> Which is Colin. It's Colin. <laughs> so, how long are you going to be in Hairspray in London? Uh, we open on the 21st and we finish on the 29th of September. So, it's it's about three months. Wow. And, and how then, long How long for Gilbert and Sullivan? Well, what happens with, with opera uh, is that you don't work every night. You do. Over that time, between the... Let me see. It's uh, something like the 29th of October... And the 10th of December, we do 18 performances. And if you are, if you're under 21, um, the ENL are encouraging people to come and have their first experience of opera. And if you go online and look now, you can get free tickets. If you're under 21, you can get free tickets to come and see um, HMS Pinafore and indeed all the ENL's work. That's fantastic. Les Dennis, it's always a joy to talk to you. You take care of yourself and keep having those vaccinations. That was Les Dennis. Why not subscribe? Join us. It's free. Liverpool Live.